Well, praise the Lord. Y'all just don't mind if I get carried away in this and take off, just carry on without me. I have been blessed just beside myself in this service already. You know, there's power in singing. There's power in preaching. But folks, there's some power in a good testimony. When you see somebody that you know, or even if you don't even know them, and you hear them say something that's kind of like what's going on in your life, and it strikes home with you, folks, a lot of times that can do more than a lot of words and a lot of songs. And we've got a whole host of people that could get out here and tell you the good things that the Lord has done for them while they've been sanctified. It pays for us to give our lives to God. And we suffer anytime we turn our back on Him or leave Him out of anything that we do. I've been thinking about a couple of extremes lately, and Brother Mark Melton in Atlanta there kind of got me started thinking about this, and I got to reading on it and studying on it. And as I was reading, the Lord impressed it on my mind to read a little of this. <coughs> some of it is sad and some of it is glad. I'm going to give you the sad first. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day, Jesus himself speaking. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Folks, there is a point that we reach in all of our lives, mankind does, when we're all equal. Death. We're all going to face it. And I think it's time for us in this house and within the sound of my voice to think about that right now. Now, people don't usually like to think about death, and it's an unpleasant thought, I will admit to you. But we need to be sure of where we're headed into eternity. And it's time for us to consider it. It's time for us to think about it. The rich man died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. Now this is not a very popular subject, and you don't hear very many people talking about it anymore, but I am here to tell you on the authority of God's Word that right now there exists a burning, fiery hell. There are thousands of people right now as we sit here in this air-conditioned building that are suffering, burning torment beyond our wildest imaginations. Now, we are headed to the place where God will decide if that is to be our eternal resting place. Now, this is the only example that I've been able to find in the Bible where there was actually an eyewitness person that had been in hell. And I think it deserves some close study. And I think by looking at it, we can tell a little bit more about what hell is going to be like. We none picture ourselves as going there. And I can assure you nobody that's there now ever pictured their self there. No one ever did. It says he lifted up his eyes. From that, it tells me that there's going to be some semblance of our physical body in hell. And we'll have some sort of vision to be able to see. Perhaps see the people that are around us. Perhaps see the devil himself. 
and all the little devils that he's got running around serving him. Perhaps we'll see the waves, and as we'll read in just a few minutes about the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. And we think, I would, when I think of this burning lake, I don't think of something flat and peaceful. I think of something boisterous. I think of waves of fire that are sweeping, rolling about. And I see heads bobbing up and down. And I hear terrible screams of agony. And I smell the terrible smell. If any of you have ever been involved in a fire that took human life, you know exactly what I'm speaking of. It's a terrible smell. The Scripture tells us that the fire is never quenched and that the worm dieth not. That there will be no perishing in this fire. It will go on and on and on forever. That's beyond our imagination, but I think we can get enough of it to see it's going to last a long time. He lifted up his eyes being in torments and seeth Lazarus, seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. To me, that would be one of the most terrible things to know that I had missed heaven eternal and be swimming in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone and look up and see the shores of heaven and those basking in the love that that beautiful city radiates and know that I'm forever here and they are forever there. That's not a very pleasant thought, is it? Where are you headed? Where are you headed? And he cried and said, something tells me we may be able to communicate to say something, to express our grief. And there are other scriptures that back this up about weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. Doesn't sound very pleasant, does it? Have you ever seen anybody or been with anybody that was in extreme pain or agony and they were just absolutely beside themselves? This is the picture I want us to get. Being absolutely beside yourself in not only physical pain, but torment. Now, when a child doesn't get his way, he cries. When we lose a loved one, folks, we weep. The Scripture uses the word weeping. A heartfelt sadness of being forever lost and seeing those around you suffer and seeing those receive their eternal glory. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, he could recognize some of the people. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Ever been really thirsty? I doubt if anyone in this building has ever been really thirsty. They say that you can live several days without water. When you get right to the very end of it, you're exhausted and you'll do just about anything for it. This man was at this point, and he is at this point right now. He would still love to have that tip of finger on the end of his tongue with the cool water because it's hot and he's burning and on fire. Is this fair? Can we call a God that made this universe fair? Yes, it's fair. 
Everyone that is there right now was given the time, chance, and opportunity to turn their lives around. The same opportunity you have right now. And they turned it aside. Time and time again they turned it aside. Time and time again they came to a camp meeting and felt the tug of their the Lord at their hearts and felt like they needed to go. No, I have other things to do with my life. I want to wait a little while. I want to wait later in the week. What is my girlfriend going to think about this? What are my folks going to think about this? How am I going to go back home to work in this situation? The devil's got a million and one excuses for you. And it's just tickets to hell, folks. Tickets. And you give, he gives them to you and you stamp them. I accept it. One day he collects. One day you burn. But Abraham said, Son, remember? Remember? Remember those sermons? Remember that time when tears were in your heart and you, in your eyes and your heart was broken and you felt like you really should go, but I'm just holding back a little bit. Remember? Seems to me like in hell people will have memory we call. They'll be able to pull back some of those things and suffer more. Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, even if I wanted to, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from thence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. He did a little more pleading, folks, but it didn't do any good. He says, if you can't help me, i got brothers. i got family. I don't want them to come here. If we could just somehow take one soul out of hell right now and bring him up here to this pulpit, there would none of us be able to get a word in edgewise for he was to say, come on in, change your life now before it's too late. I waited too late. I'm suffering. Don't you suffer. I think it's time we thought about it. Time we thought about it. Because it's real. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom, folks, we ain't got no right. No inheritance will get us there. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Is there anyone in here that really enjoys being in the absolute pitch black for any length of time, no matter where it is? There are people that don't like it for a short period of time, and there are people that can endure it. But after you've been in there a while, you start thinking about how to get out or how to bring a little light on the subject. Absolute utter darkness. To me, that represents being totally abandoned by God. What a terrible thought. But the time is coming in your life when you've got to face this. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. 
and there was found no place for them. You ever heard the saying, when your number's up? When your ticket's punched? When your number's up? Folks, when your number is up, when it's time for you to pass from here to eternity, there's no hiding place. There's no way you can go. There's no bottle. There's no syringe. There's no pub or club that you can retreat to to get away from it because you will be faced with it. And as I was talking to Brother Charles Merritt not too long ago, he says, buddy, that is the original one-on-one. When it's you and God, and that's all, there'll be no friends to make excuses for you. And there'll be no excuse that you can give that will make it valid in any way. It will just be what you've done with your life and whether or not Christ abides and where your name is. Depends on where your name is. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. John seeing a panorama of all time. And the books were opened. Folks, there's a book somewhere that's got your name on it. And there's an accounting of what you've done on that book. Don't ever think that what you do against God, you can just simply forget with your mind and let it go because there's a record being kept. Believe it. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. No place you can hide from this. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. What a verse. If your name is not in the book of life for any reason, you'll be thrown into the lake of fire. It makes me want to go someplace else. It makes me want to think and be sure and check up with myself that I'm on the right way. But there is another side. Let's not ever sanctified people, let's not ever friends of sanctified people, lost sanctified children, lost people of the community, let's not ever forget that there exists a torment for those who disobey God and leave this life unprepared, let's never forget it. Because it's real. It's real. But there's another scene. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain. He's going to see something else now. And showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Have you all ever really examined a fine gem? They're beautiful. It's not hard to understand why man through the centuries has treasured and valued these things. They are really beautiful. And if you look at one really close and let the light shine through it, it's so even and so clear. The really good, the really expensive stones, they're really clear and so beautiful. That's the picture I want us to get of heaven. The beautiful light that it gives out to welcome 
the weary traveler home and had a wall great and high and had twelve gates and at the gates twelve angels and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Folks, I believe there's a city there. I believe it. I believe every word that is written right here in this 21st and 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. On the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations. And in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Nothing but holiness, folks. Nothing but holiness. We're just singing that song, Holy, Holy is not a dream or a theme. It's His name. It is His name. The name of the King of Kings. And if we don't name that name and have that name across our forehead, which means in our hearts and shining out in our lives, no way we're in that book. No way we're there. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, folks, just as long one way as it is the other. Perfect on all sides. Four square. And it's a pretty good sized city. The length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. And as I read and thought about that and saw the conversion table on furlongs, I arrived at the figure of about 1,200 miles. Down one side, 1,200 miles across the other side, 1,200, 1,200 miles. You think that's room for everybody in here? Plenty of room. Plenty of room. There's room for all. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equals, the same amount high. And he measured the wall thereof, and 144 cubits according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper. And the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. And it goes on and tells about the foundation of the city, all the precious stones that are laid in the foundation. They're just glittering all around. All that wealth, all that beauty. God has it in abundance for us. God has wealth beyond our wildest dreams waiting for us. But folks, it's not only here, praise God. It's not only there, but we can have some of it here. You saw us having a little bit of it here just a minute ago, and we're going to have a lot more of it before camp meeting's over. But we can have a little bit of heaven down here. Now, when I visualize heaven, now this is kind of what I think it's going to be like. We're going to be all standing up. Maybe a couple of million years we'll all be standing up and we'll start a song and sing it from now on and everybody will join hands and shout, Praise the Lord! And we'll all be clothed in white robes and we'll all give our praise to the throne, to the light of that city. Folks, I'm wanting to go. I'm ready to go. It's a beautiful thought. It's a beautiful sight. It's a goal for us to attain. It's a place for us to go. It's a place for us to aim. Folks, let's set our sights on it. As the Scripture tells us, like a flint, let's set our face to it. Let's not let the devil turn our face one way or the other, but look straight ahead to the holy city and realize that everything we have to go through here will be worth it. Worth it when we walk through those gates, folks. We see those two, all those gates. It says every several gate was one pearl, folks. One pearl for every gate. Do you realize how big a pearl it would be? For a gate on a wall that's 200 feet high. That's a big pearl. Every one, every gate's a big pearl. 
And Brother Paul had it right. Brother Paul had it right when he said, there's a gate that's always standing open. Folks, the Scripture says it's not shut at all by day. For there'll be no night there. It'll be open all the time. When we get close enough to that gate, folks, there won't be nothing going to stop us from going on through. Won't no need to shut it. We'll just walk right on through the gates. Right on into the city of pure gold. And I saw no temple therein. Anybody ever seen a city without a church? Man, we're living in the Bible Belt. There's something like 30 or 40 churches within just a mile of our church there in Decatur. we got churches all over the place. And not a whole lot of people really serving God. Not a whole lot. But this is a city that ain't got no church. Won't need no church. Won't be no big church. Because the city itself is a church. The whole thing is a church. From one gate, from one wall to the other. And the city hath no need of the sun. Neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. The precious Lamb of God, folks. That come and shed His blood for our sins. That we might have an inheritance. We might be forgiven of our sins. And have an inheritance among them that are sanctified. That's what's going to light the city. Folks, when you get it, that's what lights your life down here. It comes inside and lights up your whole life. Lights up the heart. Shows you where to go. Shows you how to live. Teaches you how to pick your friends. Tells you how to choose your mate. It'll do everything for you, folks. But we got to seek it first. Seek it first. And all these things will be added to us. And the gates... And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor to it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations unto it, and there shall in no wise enter into it. There's a screen. Only certain ones are going to go through. There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. And I noticed as I read that word and thought about that word defileth, it didn't say that are defiled. It says those that defile. Those that practice that defiling. Those that go about and try to tear down other things. Boy, I enjoyed Brother Leon's sermon this morning. Wasn't it beautiful? Praise the Lord. I thank you for men of God that we have in our church like that. Folks, but it's wonderful. But their conditions. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now we read about the book of life. It belongs to somebody. It belongs to the Lamb. And He's taking good care of it. And your name can be put on that book. And you can enter into the city. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. The river of life. And I can just see the big throne sitting up there. Jesus on the right hand. And all the apostles and prophets gathered all around. And right at the foot of this throne, here comes a rushing mighty river that comes flowing out from the middle of that thing and going right down Main Street of heaven. And there's a tree. I guess it's going to have to be like a banyan tree or something that puts out its branches and goes down because it says, 
in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. Praise God, the tree of life. And yieldeth, which bear twelve manner fruits, yieldeth her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Folks, in the book of Genesis, we read about this tree of life. And man disobeyed God. And God threw him out of the garden and put a curse on his life and a curse on mankind. And said, we're not going to let him get to the tree of life. Not in his condition. There's got to be a change made before he gets to the tree of life. Folks, there's got to be a change in our lives before we see heaven. We can't aspire to it or wish we could go there and simply make it. It takes holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. We have to be right. We have to be right not in each other's eyes. We've got to be right in God's eyes. That means a little more. In God's eyes. And there shall be no more curse. Praise the Lord. No more curse. You know what the curse is? When the, when the curse was pronounced on man, it said women are going to bear children in pain. There'll be no more pain in heaven, folks. It says you, the only way you're going to eat is to till the ground and by the sweat of your brow you're going to bring forth food. Be no more of that, folks. No more of that. The curse is going to be gone. The devil will not be there. Temptation will not be there. There'll be no need of prayer there. But we'll be in direct contact, direct communion with God throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity, world without end. But it lasts the same in that other place. And they shall see His face. Something else we're going to do, Mark. We're going to see His face, brother. We're going to look at it. The precious Lamb of God, folks, that hung on Calvary's cross, that gave His life so unselfishly, that loved us beyond every love that ever existed. We're going to see His face. I want to hug that face. I want to fall down on my face on that golden street and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Praise your name. Thank you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my place on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. But will you be there? God, help us. The Scripture tells us not everybody's going to be there. You've been told already how to get there. You'll be told some more times how to get there. But it takes holiness to get there. It takes the Adamic nature that separated man from God in the first place. It's got to be done away with. It's got to be dealt with. Your own sins that you've committed got to be done away with. And there has to be a change. There has to be a new man. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That is what it takes. And there shall be no night there. No night. We're going to get tired? No, we're not going to get tired. Not going to be any night. We're not going to be bounded by the curse, by the physical restrictions anymore. We'll be able to shout right on. We'll have to stop for lunch. We'll have to stop for supper. We'll have to think about things like this. We'll just be steady praising God. All the time praising Him. What a wonderful thought. Would you like to just get up here and just shout and shout and shout? Folks, sometimes I shout and I get tired, get wore out. Praise God, there's going to come a time when I won't get wore out. I'm going to shout right on. My legs won't get tired. won't get out of breath. We'll just keep on shouting and I'll shout around with everybody up there. There's folks up there I want to see. You got folks up there you want to see? 
I got people there waiting on me, folks. I got family there, but I got precious brothers and sisters that died in the faith. And as we worked cleaning off those precious tombstones out there a few weeks ago, and we're scrubbing and cleaning them off, and I knew just about every one of them out there. And most of them knew me. Folks, I got a bunch of people to say how they do too when I get there. And I'm going to take my sweet time doing it. I'm going to go to every one of them and hug their neck and say, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad I made it. Let's shout and have a big time. It's going to be a wonderful time. For without, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, if we do His commandments, and may enter in through the gates under the city, for without our dogs, these are people who ain't going to make it, and sorcerers, whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. Come on. Our altars are open. We've got those that are going to be seeking the Lord, that are seeking Him for sanctification. We're going to have an altar call. And now is your golden opportunity. You are alive. You see your need of God. Don't let the devil sell you another excuse. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, whosoever will, that's anybody, everybody, no matter where you are, no matter what position in life, no matter where you come from, no matter how old you are, how rich or poor you are, whosoever will, let him come. Let him take the water of life freely. We can have a little bit of that river of life. We can eat a little bit of that bread of life down here. We can also let the devil sneak in and rob us of our experience and go to that burning place called hell. We're fixing to stand, and I want you to make your decision. I want you to stop putting it off. Which place are you going to spend your eternity? You will spend eternity in one place or the other. Now, I know which one you want. And you know which one you want. But the devil knows which one he wants you in. And he'll do anything, put any excuse in your mind. Don't listen to him. While we stand and sing, let's come and make it right in altar prayer.